Some of you have likely heard the riddle about the five frogs. And whether you have or whether you haven't, I'm going to share it with you here for what I believe is a very, very important reason. So if you do know the answer to this question, don't shout it out. Let everybody figure out the answer. There are five frogs sitting on a log. Three of them decide to jump off. How many frogs are left on the log? I'll give you just a moment to think about that answer. Now, if you go with the answer, which I most popularly hear, along with a quizzical face from people as to, well, why wouldn't it be two? Now you are revealing what is, I believe, part of our learning today, how much and how carefully you listen to the question. The answer is actually there are five frogs left because there is an enormous difference, certainly for frogs and even more certainly for human beings, an enormous difference between deciding to jump and actually jumping. There is an enormous difference between deciding to change and actually changing. In order to explain that, and in order to perhaps capture even a small part of the importance of the events of January 6th, which has been defined by anyone that you will read from, regardless of their place, on the political spectrum, they will tell you that it was one of the most horrific days in the history of our country. I've told friends that it's as close to the feeling as I watched it that I had as I watched the Twin Towers fall on September 11th, 2001. But if you apply the riddle to the question of the attack on the Capitol, Everyone has made a decision one way or another about what happened that day. Either it's about the, how they feel, either it's about what should have happened, either it's about what they are, as in the case I'll explain for myself, they are going to personally change as a result of the horrific event. I mean, look at it at a minimum of two sets of implications. Number one, the obvious one, I talk fairly extensively with, with Lisa, my wife, about this, is how much of the media do we have to continue to watch about the, the awful violence that went on? Could be the guy with the Confederate flag. It could be the people trying to smash down the door, which is, we all sadly know, led momentarily right after that to someone being killed. But they play it over and over again. That's what you can see. The second thing that is of uh, implication, at least how I see it, are the racial issues that are being discussed around this. The best way that I can explain that to you and that I have uh, decided about is the picture of the gentleman sitting in Speaker Pelosi's chair and I think what is the consensus about most people who have talked about how that gentleman was treated was that if he was a person of color, 
he would have at a minimum been yanked from the chair. At a maximum, he would have been shot, if not with a real bullet, a rubber one. And that is a sad but very, very clear sharpening of the lens around the problem of white supremacy in the United States. So I've decided that, right? Decided that these are the things that affected me and how I, in this case, feel about what happened. I hope, as I'm going through this analysis, that you are thinking about what decisions you have made based on what happened. Now, are you going to jump? Or are you going to sit on the log? I'm choosing to jump in a couple very specific ways. I believe there must be open discussions, much more open discussions there than there have been around the issue of the racial inequality of the enforcement of these crimes. To that end, please note attached to this podcast, Ibram Kendi's article in Atlantic Magazine of last week, which talks about the denial that many, many people are going through as they examine the racial implications and start to understand, even through some of its most difficult writing, the points and the implications that he is offering you. Secondly, a video uh, conversation uh, that took place with Andrew Morantz in the New Yorker magazine, which calls into question something maybe even more controversial, and that is what you are hearing from many, many politicians, including the president and vice president-elect, and that is the notion of what you saw happen that day is not who we are. I actually believe, and I'm signing up on the side, of, if you will, that this is who we are. The actual fact of it, if you're counting up who we are, is who we are is a conglomeration of an entire population that is making individual decisions and taking individual actions. So who we are is you. So you cannot collectively hide behind a lovely statement of this is not who we are. When in actuality, we is comprised of you. So the other thing that I'm doing is when Lisa and I sit and watch the news, as the old saying goes, just because you can see it doesn't mean you need to look. I am making the proactive choice to turn away. Now, let's be clear about the turning away. It is not out of the denial or wanting to ignore what happened. It is out of absolute acceptance of what happened and the choice I am making to turn away and, in essence, look forward rather than back is deliberately a generative choice. And if you end up looking forward, you are much more likely 
to be able to take the kind of action that will bring about change. By continuing to look backwards and see the file footage play over and over again, all that I believe it really does is it sticks us on the log. I leave this thought to you. Now that you have hopefully stopped, at least for the purpose of listening to this podcast, and thought about not only the cute little riddle, what have you decided about the challenges that you see in the world? And what are you willing to jump for? That's the ultimate question. Mr. Morantz puts it really well. He concludes his video by saying that the long arc of history doesn't bend itself. We have to do the work of bending it. It's not such a cute riddle. It's the truth. <laughs>